Welcome to Widowcast Podcast, where you learn how to find the strength to get through your journey and the skills to coach other widows. This is not your average grief group. This is your journey group. It just may show you the way to make something amazing come out of the emotional pain and trauma of widowhood. I'm your host, Joanne Philomena. I'm the best-selling author of Widowed and Widow Coach, and I'm a professional certified life coach. Let the healing and your personal journey begin. Hi, listeners. Welcome back. Welcome to episode number 155 of the podcast. I know it's been a little while. I took a break. Um, giving more thought to adding more episodes to this. And I had a realization about that that I'll share with you. But um, I want to say this episode, I really want to talk to those of you who are more recent widows. Generally, I would always refer new listeners and new widows back to episode number one in here. Um, which you have to go back a ways to find, and they, they are numbered again. I know in iTunes they began numbering episodes, but they started someplace weird, so all their numbers are off. I would refer to New Widows back to listening to episode number one, because I thought this is, um, episode number one is shortly after Jim passed away. I think it had been one year when I did that episode to talk to widows who were facing their first year. It was very raw. It was very vulnerable, right? Um, so I thought that was the best for you to go back and hear where I was. But it occurred to me this weekend, you know, I was brainstorming on a lot of things and I thought, okay, <clears throat> it's been almost six years for me at the end of this year, because Jim passed away between Christmas and New Year's, it will have been six years. And I realized if I'm sending new widows back to listen to that episode that was like four five years ago that I podcast that, I was not giving you the benefit of the six years of experience I've had as a widow coach and working exclusively with widows, talking to, now it's got to be thousands of widows that I've talked to, interviewed, hundreds that I've worked with as clients, um, and now that I've had all that experience, I thought, no, I need to do a new episode for newer widows because I want you to have the advantage of all of my experience in this grief journey and having worked with widows of every background. So you can definitely still go back to episode number one if you want to hear all of my personal story because episode number one really outlines what happened for me when Jim passed away um, 
I want you to know right up front, you know, I named this episode What is Normal for New Widows because so many new widows feel like they want to know, is this normal, what I'm feeling? You know, that was the question I had in my mind. I never expected Jim's death to be so all-encompassing. Okay, his death was sudden. It was not uh, a long illness or anything. But the first thing that I wanted to know after Jim's death was, is this normal? This has so rocked me and I feel so out of it. So I jumped on iTunes and I did a search for widows, you know, um, and I put in widowed and there was nothing. There were no podcasts for widows six years ago, none. And I was shocked by that because I knew if I had searched for Game of Thrones or searched for The Walking Dead, there were hundreds of people podcasting on those shows. How can there not be one podcast for widows? It's really what inspired me a year later to launch this podcast, Widowcast. This was the first podcast in existence for widows. There was nothing. And at that time, I was actually still coaching um, permanent weight loss, stop overeating for permanent weight loss. That's what I was coaching as a life coach. I was very good at it. But uh, it bothered me that I knew there was nothing in iTunes for widows. So I went ahead and I launched this podcast. It changed everything. It's what started me working excuse me, with widows instead of working with weight loss clients. And I began exclusively coaching widows because nobody else out there was. There were no other professionally certified life coaches specializing in working with widows because it's a very different kind of grief. So the first thing I want to tell you is, yeah, whatever you're feeling right now, it's normal. It really is. It feels so overwhelming, but it is normal. Each of us has a pretty unique story, you know? And some widows, they lose their husbands suddenly. Some widows, it may be a long drawn out illness. Some widows, they may even know their husband or have been told their husband is terminal. There's all different ways. I've talked to widows whose husbands committed suicide. I've talked to widows whose husbands um, overdosed on drugs. I've talked to widows whose husbands were murdered in the streets, literally. You know, F, there's all these different unique stories. And I've had widows say, like, what is harder? Is it harder if they die suddenly as opposed to knowing ahead of time they're going to die? And here's the answer. It's just all hard, you guys. It is. It, it's hard when you lose your spouse. It's such a shock. Listen, I was married for 20 plus years. We've been together over 22 years. And as I said, at the end of 2014, right between Christmas and New Year's, Jim died suddenly. It was a massive heart attack at home right? We went through EMS and all of that. It was so fast. 
It was so fast it felt like, how could he just be gone? I guess I always expected it would take time. I knew Jim, being much older than I, would probably die before me, but I thought it would be like over a long period and he'd be in the hospital and all of that. It was all done from calling EMS to having him taken to the hospital and pronounced and all of that. I was back home. It was less than an hour. It's crazy. I felt like I was drugged, not feeling. I was like a little confused. I was like so stunned, you guys. That night, I started phoning family because, you know, I wanted to tell family what had happened before anybody else found out or it, ever, or it got posted on Facebook. It's not the way to find out that you've lost a family member. And here's the thing. As I was phoning family and informing, letting them know, you know, Jim passed away tonight, they were crying and I wasn't, not a tear. And I really... I remember even thinking about that that night, like, why am I not crying? And why am I having to console them over the phone, right? It was later, like a couple days after, um, that I, it suddenly all hit. And that morning, I like cried and cried and cried. You know, once the tears started, they really flowed. The only thing I realized later was I was in such a state of shock there was no reaction I couldn't cry there was just like stunned and several days after Jim passed away um, a work acquaintance from the hospital Jim used to volunteer at the gift shop at one of our hospitals okay and she was the manager on the other shift. So they kind of knew of each other. She phoned me and said, I hope you don't think it's weird that I'm phoning you, but I've been widowed for a while. And um, I was so glad she did. It was so nice to talk to another widow. She told me something that made such a difference to me. And it's the main thing that I always want to share with a new widow. And that is, she said, Joanne, just know you're in a state of shock. Really, like a physical state of shock. And when she told me that, it made so much sense. That's why I didn't immediately cry. That's why I was feeling kind of removed from reality. Really, it was like being half out of my body. If my brain felt like cotton. I couldn't focus on anything at all. My routines were gone. You know how when you get up in the morning, uh, you kind of automatically do certain things. You know, for me, I go to the bathroom, I step on the scale, I brush my teeth, I take my pills, you know, it's just that whole, I have the whole morning routine, you know, come out to the kitchen, put the coffee on, all of that. My routines were just gone. I mean, I would wake up in the morning and be like, no clue what I was doing, wander around the house and, you know, maybe think of, oh, let me make some coffee, right? There was a time period in those first six months after Jim died that 
I was not even able to recognize faces of people that I knew. And I don't mean like when you run into somebody at the grocery store and they say hi to you and you can't place them. You're like, did I go to high school with them? You know, she does she work at my doctor's office? Not like that. I mean like outside working in my yard and someone comes up to talk to me and I kind of would roll with it. You know, you pretend you know somebody and they walk away and 10 minutes later I realize, oh, that was Rick. He lived two doors down. I knew Rick. I'd known Rick for like 20 years and it wasn't an old acquaintance. It was somebody obviously I knew. He was my neighbor. I couldn't, my brain couldn't decode his face when he walked up to talk to me. It was those first six months of being in a state of shock because your brain protects you from feeling the entire weight of that loss all at once. Your brain is not going to let all the pain come through all at once, right? So your brain is like wrapped in layers of cotton and gauze. That's how it felt to me. And slowly over about six months time, that starts to unwind. Your brain lets in a little bit more and it lets in a little bit more as you can handle it, as you're processing the emotions. And that goes on for about six months where you are just really in that state of shock. And yes, you can even experience symptoms of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, like I did, different things, but there is a little PTSD after your husband dies. If somebody diagnoses you with that, I don't know what the use of being diagnosed with it after your spouse dies is, except that I know there's widows that really cling to that diagnosis, like they think they're unique, that they're hurting more than, than the next widow. That's just not true, okay? And yeah, PTSD, I've talked to widows. Um, one told me that she couldn't see color for about six months after her husband died. It was like the world was black and white bizarre, right? So there is so much going on with you, especially if you're still in those first six months. Here's what happened for me. I mean, I had a lot of realizations in the first six months, right? Like I realized somehow my confidence was gone. I couldn't figure that out. Like, how did this just strip me of all my self-confidence? Why am I a wimp? Why I can't make decisions? I can't focus on things. But I thought I was handling it, right? I'm handling his death. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm okay. But then when I got past the six-month mark and looked back, I was like, wow, I really wasn't handling it. <laughs> you know? And I realized how many things I had messed up, how many things I had filed away that I could never find again. Listen, through that time, there was sudden falling apart, right? Where you're just, you come across something that just triggers it and you are sobbing, okay? Initially after Jim passed away, I was not really eating unless somebody suggested. <laughs> what was I? If somebody came and said, Joanne, let's go to lunch, I would go, I would order lunch, I would eat it, it would be wonderful. But 
by myself in the house day to day. I wasn't remembering to sit down and eat. But then after the first couple weeks of that, I began eating too much and the wrong things. I know this because when I did finally get back on the scale again, I gained a lot of weight and thought, wow, I'm a life coach. I know better. It was like, wow, eat your grief much, Joanne. I was trying to buffer the emotional feelings of grief by eating to make it better. Okay. I was not sleeping. That's very normal. Almost every widow I talk to has trouble sleeping because one, if they're used to sleeping next to their husband and he's not there, that's like a major difference. You know, even just being suddenly alone in the house, if you haven't been alone in the house before, makes it hard to sleep. That first night, I sure didn't sleep. I know, I just laid there in bed. It's like I could feel my feet buzzing and I could not sleep at all. Um, the doctor, when I saw our family doctor, like a couple weeks after Jim died, I had a follow-up appointment. He was Jim's doctor and my doctor. And he offered to put me on antidepressants and give me something to help me sleep. And I kind of freaked out on him, <laughs> which I think was a good thing because I said, oh my gosh, do you automatically offer every widow antidepressants? Do you just automatically prescribe antidepressants? And I, he looked at me confused and I said, Jim died two weeks ago. I think I'm supposed to be a little depressed about that, don't you? I think I get to be depressed about that. And it was a valid argument, you know? It's like, don't rush to put widows on antidepressants because we need to process that depression. We need that depression for a little while. We choose it, right? So... I found the best way to begin dealing with things as a new widow is first I had to rebuild some routines in my life. Now, I know widows with small children at home, they gain back a lot of their routine pretty quickly because they know they have to show up for their kids, right? And widowhood really becomes all about the kids because they just lost their dad. And, you know, you have to get up in the morning with them because they are looking for breakfast, right? You have to go through your routine. So you pull that part together. You're forced to pull that part together pretty quickly. If you don't have kids at home, you have to almost consciously sit down and think about rebuilding some routines in your life. Because we feel uh, like we're on such shaky ground after they die. Our whole life's been ripped out from under us, right? It's like a whole blank wall dropped in front of you. You don't have a future anymore because every thought you had about the future was about the two of you. So everything ahead of you just looks like a blank wall. You have to actually take the time to sit down with a piece of paper or an index card, whatever, and think about what things did I used to do in the morning and write down even the most basic stuff, like get up and go to the bathroom. 
brush my teeth, take my medicine. You write down the things that you want to make sure you do every morning, right? And you put that card next to your bed. So when you wake up in the morning, you can look at it and go through those motions. You almost need that to get you through until all of it becomes routine again. The same thing for the evening. Sit down and think about what did I used to do in the evening, right? Before wrapping it up and going to bed. Did I put all the dishes in the dishwasher? Did I take the garbage out? Did I shake out the rugs, wash my face, brush my teeth? Is there medicine you take at bedtime? Write down the things that you know you must do in the evening right? Like if you have evening medicine, you're taking that medicine, you're washing your face, you're brushing your teeth. You know, before Jim died, if I tried to get in bed without brushing my teeth, it was like somebody had put my left foot on my right foot, felt off. And I would go, oh God, I didn't brush my teeth. And I would jump back up and go brush my teeth. It was so automatic and ingrained. After Jim died, I didn't even think about that. That automatic trigger was just gone. So I had to rebuild it in by making a list of what are the things I do before I go to bed. And then every night, look at that list and make sure I did all those things until it again became ingrained so I wouldn't even have to think about it anymore. That's how you begin to get some basic routine back. And it also gives you a feeling of more stability in your day-to-day life, if you just do that, okay? I remember the first time I ventured out on a long drive alone. I didn't do that until like, I think Jim had been gone maybe three, four months before I got up the courage to drive to the next state over. It was like a little over an hour drive to the mall to go look for something, It took me a while. It took courage to get in the car and do that. The roads were still a little icy. It was towards the end of winter. And I remember having the thought as I was driving there, wow, if my car skidded off the road right now, there would be nobody coming to look for me because Jim's not at home. He's not going to notice I didn't make it back home. It was not a good feeling, you guys. It was the truth. I mean, when I tell people about this, they kind of, you know, they get a little upset for me. But I'm like, no, listen, it was just, that was the truth. That was how things were at that point. I didn't have any family living around me where I was. Jim was the only one at home. And I knew if my car goes off the road, no one's coming to look for me, right? It's all me. I went back to work eventually, of course. Um, Thank God I was offered a new job because I'd been laid off a job. Long story. You can go back and listen to early episodes if you want all of that. Um, But And I started that job about two, three weeks after Jim died. I jumped back into it because I wanted to escape, right? I wasn't really ready necessarily to go back to work, but I needed the escape of work. And sometimes your job is your escape. You know, there is dealing with repairs to your house, to your car, the things your husband used to take care of. And if you're thinking, poor me, I have to do this all by myself. That's really self-defeating. 
and it's difficult in those early months. And uh, you know, I think it's happened to almost every one of us. Something in the house breaks within <laughs> the first few months after they pass away. Why? I don't know. For me, it was my hot water heater broke downstairs and I had to get someone to come in with a new hot water heater and all of that. It feels so overwhelming. Baby steps, baby steps, right? Listen, friends and family might be there initially, but they stop checking in and that's normal too. It's not just you, okay? It's all of us. Here's what I think happens. Well, for family, family goes back to their daily lives and they're back in their routine. Friends, often for friends, it's one of two things. For some people, I think it's that they don't know what to say to us. They don't know how to even face us because facing us means they have to face the fact that their husband could die suddenly too. They have to face the fact that we are all mortal and we all die. That's hard. Or as I said, they just don't even know what to say to us. So they don't call us at all. Maybe they think we need time and they're waiting for us to reach out to them. Right? Or as you get further down the road and you're thinking, my friends don't call me, my friends don't call me. And then if you think about it, when your husband was alive, you were so busy with him in your day-to-day life that maybe you and that same friend only really spoke twice a year anyway. So to your friend, nothing has changed. To you, everything has changed, right? It takes six months to get a little hindsight. Here's what I offer you today. I want you to know in the first year and probably thereafter, I think I still play this, but in the first year for sure, you get a pass on everything. You just get a pass. You're a widow. You need to do whatever makes you happy. You're going to do whatever you need to do. Forgive yourself for everything. Okay. You misfile things. You'll never find them again. You're going to make mistakes. There's no regrets. Forgive yourself. You've been in a state of shock. You're going through something right now. And no, we don't get over this like blink, blink. You're over it. But you don't get over losing your husband. You learn how to handle the grief. You learn how to process the emotions. You eventually can learn how to begin to go ahead in your life, but you're not leaving him behind. You're not leaving that years of relationship behind. So no regrets. There is no reason for you to look back at his death and regret anything you did or said. There's no reason to feel guilt about anything. Those things are just not serving you. Plus you have a pass. You have a widow pass. Okay. I break down widow pass in my first book. I've written a book. It's called Widowed. It's by me, Joanne Philomena. That's F-I-L-O-M-E-N-A. If you want to look for it, 
Um, I will tell you where to find it even. That breaks down the widow pass a little bit more. But for now, just know you get a pass on everything. If you need to dance naked in your living room one night with the curtains still open, no matter. You get a pass on that. If your neighbors see you dancing naked in your living room, who cares what they think? You get a pass on that. Anything. So listen, I do have some resources for you. First of all, you can contact me. You can email me. My email address will be in the show notes, but I'll also tell you here, because usually when I'm listening to a podcast, I have no idea where the show notes are. So <laughs> you can contact me at Joanne, that's J-O-A-N-N, -N, no E, Joanne at JoanneTheLifeCoach.com. That's my main website, JoanneTheLifeCoach.com, because I'm Joanne the Life Coach. I have a membership site that you may also want to go check out. On the membership site, I talk about what a life quake this is and the path to moving yourself through that life quake. This whole membership site, it has the new videos each month that drop down for you. Um, it takes you from the initial loss and numbness to being able to get through the brain fog and trying to do the usual business of your life to what I call the long goodbye. It's kind of been the middle of the process. And that's accepting the fear that you're dealing with, the sadness, um, any shame you're feeling, right? You can use rituals, tributes. We have our community for that membership where you can express a lot of your pain. We all do in there. There's a wonderful community of members in there, closed community where everybody is supporting each other. Then you hit what I call the messy middle. You know, you shed some old beliefs, the delusions and old dreams, and you begin to form new ones, right? new norms, new skills, maybe even some new goals for yourself. But it's messy when you get in there because you're still like dealing with that long goodbye and you haven't really hit the full shift yet. The shift where your subconscious mind actually accepts how life is now and you begin to understand and connect with who you are now. It's kind of a big thing. And you will come to that question. Many widows, it's around the six-month mark where you kind of look up and say, I have no idea who I am now, right? I want to take you through that process to the new beginning where it starts to feel like there's a tinge of normal, like a little glimmer of light. The past no longer casts such a large shadow over everything. And you can begin to think about a future for yourself again. That's what that whole membership site is about. It's that journey. And everyone who comes into the subscription membership is going through that journey with me. I'm teaching you how to self-coach 
You know, I'm teaching you what, how life coaches apply life coaching skills to their own life to be able to handle things. Now, listen, I just opened up that membership again. It's not open all the time. I usually open the doors on it uh, twice a year for new members to be able to join and come in the doors and I get everybody going. But because we are close to Christmas and we're close to a brand new year, I just felt like this is such a time, especially I'm podcasting this in December of 2020 for widows in the future listening to this. And we have come through such a year, you know, with this whole pandemic and all the craziness. I felt like I need to just open the doors and leave them open for a week or two for widows to just get in there and join before the new year so that you can have this during the holidays if you want it. You can begin digging into all the information, watch all the videos and the courses in there. Or you do it and then decide, you know, January 2021, I'm jumping in. So let me tell you where that is. And I will also be sharing more information about it in the podcast here, other places. Oh, I also told you I'd tell you where to find my books, right? So let's do that first. Books are, there's a link to them on my main coaching website, which is joannethelifecoach.com. If you go there, the menu at the top, you will see a menu item that says books. If you click on that, it takes you to a page that will show you both my books, Widowed and a book called The Widow Coach. And there is a buy button underneath. If you click it, it takes you to Amazon, right to the book, so that you can find my books on Amazon, okay? Um, for the subscription membership site, that is at widowcoachingcenter.com. Gosh, I hope I'm telling you the right thing. <laughs> Widowcoachingcenter.com. Also, if you're at my main website, joannethelifecoach.com, to click on books, there is a link up there too to the Widow Coaching Center in the menu. So you can go to widowcoachingcenter.com. It'll take you to the front page. If you look at that and think I'm in, click I'm in. It'll take you to the page where it tells you everything you get, all the costs, and you can click the sign up and join. I can tell you up front on the podcast, the initial registration fee in the first month, because there's so much information in there and bonuses and stuff to look at, is $297. Don't freak out. I know when I was a new widow, I was afraid to even buy a new lipstick. But trust me, you need to invest that in yourself. As online subscription memberships go, I'm keeping it rock bottom. Okay, 297 to join. And then every month you decide to stick around it is an additional $49 a month each month you stay. The first month is $297. If you stay for a second month, that's only $49 and it's only 
you can stay in there forever for only $49 a month. For $49 a month, you're getting the next installment, stepping you through this journey, giving you life coaching skills. You're getting the membership with all the other widows who are going through these modules too. You're getting all my bonuses, including my six-month stop overeating for permanent weight loss program, which is what I used to coach. And I had so many widows ask me about that. I put it in there for free. You're welcome. It was a $12,000 program originally for free in the membership. Once a month, I do a live Zoom call for the membership. All of you get on Zoom with me. I answer any questions you have about the materials in this site, or I coach those who want to be coached on something they're dealing with. They just, you know, I post it, you email me ahead of time, show up on the call so I can coach you. There is no place you are going to get this level of professional coaching for $49. I'm telling you guys, it's a steal. I did this because it is in my heart to help as many widows as I can. It's the thing that I wanted for me when I was first widowed and it didn't even exist, right? I also have a course to train widows in life coaching skills and I certify certified widow coaches who can set up a coaching practice and help other widows. That's my main program. I work with my certified widow coaches, training, certifying them. There's a mastermind they can buy into afterwards where we take coaching skills deeper for a whole year together. And I help build your business. I help you learn how to build an online business. Um, but that's further down the road, new widow. <laughs> right now, go check out my website at joannethelifecoach.com and go check out the Widow Coaching Center at widowcoachingcenter.com. Click the join button. Just do it. You can cancel it at any time, right? You could just do it for the first month if you want to, to explore and see what it is. Or you can stay as long as you like. It's less money than Weight Watchers was for me when I was, I used to be a Weight Watchers member. It's one of the reasons I became a weight loss coach and that I am so passionate about the fact that regular dieting doesn't work. Anyway, enough of that. Listen, I will be adding more podcasts in here, taking you through your journey. Get out there. Look for a little joy in your day, no matter how small or insignificant it seems to you, it's there. Go find some joy in your life and I'll talk to you next time.